What's up, movie lovers? Welcome back to another episode of I Want to Talk About Movies. I am your host, Bran, and I want to talk about movies. Uh, So this past weekend, Captain Marvel came out in theaters, and I actually saw the movie already. Normally, for uh, big movies that come out, I don't really like to um, fight the crowds and go out during opening weekend. I actually went uh, yesterday, which was Monday, and there were still there were quite a few people in the movie theater, but not as much. But yeah, so I went and saw Captain Marvel, and it was a great movie. It was actually a really good movie. Um, we finally have a female-led superhero movie, which is awesome. And the plot was good. The story was good. Brie Larson did a great job. Um, Samuel Jackson came back. Uh, Clark Gregg came back. Really good actors. And really good movie. They did a great little uh, tribute to to Stan Lee at the beginning of the movie, which is kind of a kind of a fresh thing to do instead of at the end of the movie, make it at the beginning. And um, they said thank you, Stan. They didn't say in memory of. Yeah, they said thank you, and that was that was really nice. That was actually a really good way to start off the movie. And yeah, all in all, a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet definitely go and see it. So with that said, I feel like in past episodes, I've talked about the DCEU. I've talked talked about um, the DC movie universe. And I haven't really talked that much about the Marvel universe, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for this episode, I'm definitely going to talk about that. That's what we're talking about today, folks. The movies of Marvel. But because Marvel has so many movies, because they're they're such a big thing right now, uh, I'm not going to be touching on every single Marvel movie in this episode. I'm going to be cutting them up. So in today's episode, I'm only going to be concentrating on the phase one of the MCU itself. Um in the following episodes, I'll talk about Phase 2 and Phase 3. And I'll talk about... In, in another episode, I'll talk about the other Marvel movies like the X-Men, Deadpool, uh, stuff like that. Stuff that's not connected right now to the MCU. So with that said, let's get into it. First up, we have 2008's Iron Man. Iron Man was a great great movie and a great start to the MCU. Um, I feel like not a lot of people had a lot of high expectations for this movie. And in part, that could be why it was so good because you went into it with an open mind and kind of just didn't expect a lot from it and ended up getting a lot from it. So if you ever go to a movie and you have high expectations and you leave it unsatisfied then i feel like you know that could be why obviously um back then marvel had a handful of movies out they had spider-man x-men um you know a couple others but i think they didn't really uh, they didn't really plan on iron man being this big you know so you know they just got Robert Downey Jr., who I feel like was a great cast for the role. Um, they said, John Fervor, the guy who directed it, said that he wanted 
Robert Downey Jr. to play Tony Stark because of Robert Downey Jr.'s past. Like he had, you know, he was addicted to drugs, he was addicted to alcohol, and he turned it around. And look, lo and behold, he's one of the biggest stars today. But um, that's kind of what Tony Stark went through too. I mean, he didn't go through drug addiction or alcohol dependency, anything like that. But he did, like, he noticed that something was wrong, and he changed to make it for the better, whether it be just for himself or for the world around him. Either way, he turned it around for himself, which is what RDJ did. Um, this is a great movie, awesome movie. Um, it starred not only Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow as well. Stan Lee, the very first appearance of Stan Lee. Well, I, I should say the very first appearance of Stan Lee's cameos in the MCU. He's made other cameos in other uh, Marvel movies, but this one was the first of the MCU universe. Or MCU. <laughs> it also starred Terrence Howard, the very first person to be recast in a Marvel movie. Um, there's a lot of drama following that. Uh, I think, I think mainly it was that he, <clears throat> he wanted to get paid the same amount as Robert Downey Jr., which to an extent is understandable, but at the same time though, like think about your screen time as well. Like RDJ is on screen pretty much the entire movie. Um, whereas Terrence Howard is not. You know, he's, he's three, he's, you see him a lot throughout the movie, but compared to Robert Downey Jr., he's, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much he was getting paid, but apparently it was not enough. But in the end, is it worth it to complain? Hindsight says no, but who knows? Um, there was also Jeff Bridges who played Obadiah Lebowski, I mean, Stain. <laughs> I honestly feel like uh, if you take Jeffrey Lebowski from the Big Lebowski and like make him not lazy, you'll have Obadiah Stain. Um, I thought he was a great villain. I did not. I mean, well, I guess in in a way you kind of expect that he's gonna be the one behind everything. Lo and behold, everybody, the bad guy is Tony Stark's closest advisor. I think that's like the plot for Aladdin. Either way, um, one thing that the Marvel Phase 1 movies has done and something that I really like is that they don't really, they, they don't point and say, oh, hey, that person is the bad guy and he his name is whatever. Like in Iron Man, for example, um, there is a part where Tony decides to shut down his, his weapons section of his of his company and Obadiah Stane tells him, Hey, you know, we're, we're iron mongers. That's what we do. We make things, we make weapons about what we do. And that was his name. His, his villain name was iron monger, which I thought was very interesting. And even in the incredible Hulk, like when they're making towards the end of the movie, when, before they make abomination, he tells them that, Oh, it would be an abomination. They're not saying, your name is Abomination. 
So I thought that was very interesting, kind of like subtle nods to the the villain within, so to speak. Fun fact, the Iron Man suit originally, I'm not sure how it is now, but originally it had 450 separate pieces. 450 separate pieces to make up one suit. That is incredible. <laughs> I mean, just to stand there and kind of just play around with it and try and get it on must be must have been really really difficult for 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 Robert Downey Jr. But still he did it and it was a great movie, amazing movie. And so I th- originally it wasn't really planned to be um a bigger universe. But once the movie came out and it was proven to be incredibly popular, Marvel did their uh, infamous end credit scene starring Samuel L. Jackson for the first time as Nick Fury. And they talked about the Avenger initiative. And then eventually they got the Avengers movie and the rest is history pretty much from there. And Iron Man started it. You know, RDG has been in more Marvel movies than anybody else. I think it's um, it's him and and Hugh Jackman pretty much. But yeah, very good movie. If you haven't seen it yet, you know what 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 the heck, man? What's wrong? <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> get on it, buddy. But yeah, definitely a good movie. I would. Definitely watch it again and again and again, as if I haven't already. <laughs> so Iron Man was made back in May of 2008. About a month later, in June 2008, Marvel released The Incredible Hulk. And that was awesome. Honestly, I really like The Incredible Hulk. If I had to pick my favorite rendition of The Hulk... I would say it was it would be this one. Like every scene you see him in, he is just a complete rage monster. He just constantly looks mad. And honestly, he looks like kind of frightening too. Like he is a beast. Okay, it is awesome. Um what Marvel did, I like what Marvel did. I think they were trying to like with Iron Man and with the Hulk what they were trying to do was they were just trying to put these movies out there and see if we can try and connect them, which they did very well, by the way, which nobody else seems to be able to replicate right now. So what they did was they threw out these movies as a couple of little feelers, like, hey, here's Iron Man. And at the end of Iron Man, hey, here's Nick Fury. And the next, you know, you have Hulk, and then you see, you don't see Nick Fury. He doesn't appear in The Incredible Hulk. You do see his name in the beginning. Um, in the beginning credits, you see his name. And at the end of the movie, the end credit scene is Tony Stark walking into the bar. So you can tell that these movies are going to be connected somehow, which Marvel has done very well. Apparently, like, it, se- it seems to be extremely difficult to to string movies together but marvel has the secret so i feel like people should just go to them and be like hey how do i do this so um with the incredible hulk it's actually the first marvel movie 
where we don't get an origin story for the Hulk. Kind of like in Batman v Superman, where the beginning of the movie with the beginning credits, we get a quick rundown of Bruce Wayne's origins and how he became Batman. And this is the same way, where we get a quick, maybe three or four minute rundown of how Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk and how he got into his current predicament. And, you know, I feel like that's a really good good idea because I think maybe a few years before that, maybe a year or so before that movie came out, um, Ang Lee had directed um, the movie Hulk, which gave us an origin story with Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk. And, you know, I I feel like we don't need multiple origin stories. You know, I mean... Marvel, well, comic books in general are popular enough to where you don't have to constantly be rehashing the same origin story over and over and over again, which is why I feel like the Amazing Spider-Man didn't get um, as good a a review as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So, yeah, a very smart move on Marvel's part. Um with that, uh, in this movie, Bruce Banner is already established. He He's the Hulk. He knows he's the Hulk, and he's trying to get rid of the problem, which is the Hulk. He, feel, he views the Hulk as a problem, which it kind of is. I mean, it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde uh, werewolf kind of scenario where you're turning into something that's essentially not you, has a mind of its own, and does whatever it pleases, you know? And so throughout the movie, he tries to get rid of it. And yeah, does he doesn't get rid of it, by the way. He does not get rid of it. He thinks he does, but does not. Um, it also stars William Hurt as General Ross, who is the only actor from this movie to make another appearance in another Marvel movie. Um, Edward Norton was Bruce Banner and he, he could not be the Hulk again. Originally he was actually set up to, to play the Hulk again in the Avengers and other sequels, but unfortunately that fell through and, um, Edward Norton is one of those actors who's somewhat hard to work with. And so I guess that had a, that was a factor as well. And so he was never uh, Bruce Banner again, and Mark Ruffalo was brought in. And Mark Ruffalo does a good job, too. I have nothing bad to say about Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Um, But I would have liked to have seen the rage monster we were used to already. Um, But yeah, literally not a single person, aside from William Hurt, nobody else from that movie was brought back to be in other Marvel movies. Um, but yeah, a really good movie. So after the incredible Hulk came out, um, we didn't see another MCU movie for almost two years. And the reason for that was because before the MCU was even an idea, uh, Marvel was going through a lot of uh, money problems. They were going through bankruptcy. 
Um, they're going through a lot of issues that they're trying to solve on their own. Um, so once they made Iron Man, once they made the Incredible Hulk, they kind of made they made some money back, but not not as much as they would have imagined, you know. Um, but they gained a lot of popularity, and the people who caught notice of that was obviously the Disney Corporation. So Disney ended up buying them for over four billion dollars, like well over four billion dollars, and they ended up kind of making their own ownership of it. So the reason why we didn't get another Marvel movie until Iron Man 2, which made its debut about two years after the first Iron Man, um, was because um, Disney was kind of cleaning house, so to speak. They were hiring people. They were promoting people. They were letting people go. They were organizing different things. They concentrated a little bit more on the TV shows, which is why we have like the cartoon Spider-Man, um, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, all that stuff. So um, Disney was kind of trying to put more Marvel stuff onto the Disney Channel. And eventually they got back to the movies. So that's why there's a small, there's a, there's a sizable gap in between that in between the Hulk and the next MCU movie, which is Iron Man 2. Um, but after that, we get at least one Marvel movie every year. So it's been pretty steady since then. And like I said, I mean, who who better to, to buy really any company than Disney? I mean, Disney clearly knows what they're doing. So kudos for them. So after Disney uh, bought out Marvel, uh, about two years after, uh, they made their first Marvel movie, and they made Iron Man 2 in 2010, proving that Iron Man can do wrong. <laughs> it wasn't a terrible movie, it just wasn't as good as the first Iron Man, which as I said before, um, because you go into a movie with higher expectations, um, if those expectations aren't usually met, then it kind of makes the movie fall flat, which in this case, it kind of did. Um, Iron Man 2 definitely was not as good as Iron Man 1. It was definitely interesting. It had its points. Um, it was, it wasn't a, like I said, it wasn't a terrible movie. It just wasn't very good. Um, Tony is going through some stuff he thinks that he is going to die which technically he is and he has to try and find a way to kind of save himself but because he thinks that he's gonna die he uh, he decides to kind of live it up like what would you do if you were going to die tomorrow sort of scenario and eventually he kind of finds another way to save himself and continue on uh it introduces a couple of new characters um as i said before terrence howard uh left marvel and he was replaced by don cheeto so now don cheeto took up the mantle of roadie and war machine for that matter so that's that so war machine was actually the first um 
secondary superhero to enter into the Marvel Universe through another movie. And the same is said for Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, um, played by Scarlett Johansson, who also made her debut in Iron Man 2. So it wasn't all bad. You know, we had a, we had a good bunch of... Uh, a good bunch of um, fight sequences, uh, a few good visual stuff going on. Um, I feel like uh, Whiplash, Whiplash was the, the villain in this one. I feel like Whiplash wasn't really that present until the end of the movie. Like he was there, but kind of wasn't all there. Like he had his own plan and nobody else knew it except for him. So, not really, not really a like I said, not a terrible movie, just not what I expected it was. Next up on the dock is Thor. Thor from 2011. Uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, who actually, fun fact, Kenneth Branagh played Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter. And he played Dr. Arliss Loveless in Wild Wild West. And directed Thor. <laughs> I mean, what a combination, right? He seems to be a really good character actor, though. I mean, he definitely uh, hides himself very well in his role. So that's really cool. Um, Thor is basically the story of Thor. It's basically his origin story. Um, throughout these movies we have these little little uh, mini movies called marvel one shots where they kind of um it's kind of like the end credit scenes but a little bit longer and with no credits um there was one where where um phil colson agent phil colson went to uh Mexico and found out where found Thor's hammer there and so that kind of preluded to the Thor movie and Thor was basically an origin story where um, Chris Hemsworth as Thor um, disrespects his father's wishes and his father played by Anthony Hopkins casts him out and down to earth and in the comic books I believe he had no memory of him being Thor. Um, but in the movies, he knows that he's Thor. And uh, Tom Hiddleston plays his brother Loki. And Loki kind of illustrates this. like He kind of organizes everything to that where Thor will be cast out. And that he will be the shining light. So that way he can eventually rule Asgard as he wants to, which he ends up not doing. Like his, <laughs> like he seems like a really smart person, but Loki doesn't seem to be able to get his way. You know what I mean? Like there's always something that he, he seems to miss. I think in reality, uh, Loki would definitely, um, have everything go his way. Like it wouldn't be like, he definitely seems like a planner, so I, I don't think he would just kind of, like, yeah, he wouldn't just lose automatically every single time, which he seems to do. Um, 
with Thor, we this actually introduces us to the magical aspect of the Marvel Universe, which is good because unlike the DC um, Universe, like they just kind of expect us to believe that all these metahumans are popping up here and there all of a sudden. But with uh, with the MCU, you know, so far we've had two Iron Man movies and one Hulk movie. So far, the only thing we know about this universe is that they have great technology and amazing scientists. But now with Thor, it introduces us to the magical aspect of it. And not just only the magical aspect, but the um, also outer space travel, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Like there's more of a sci-fi feel to it with Thor. And, you know, Disney and Marvel kind of took their time and introduced these things slowly, but at the same time at a pace that could keep up with the world. Um, whereas DC is just kind of keeping up, but at the same, they're, they're rushing it, but at the same time, they're not rushing it. It's, it's kind of odd how, how they're doing both at the same time. But with, uh, Marvel, they're definitely, they definitely know what they're doing. And like I said, they know the, they know the secret of making a shared universe. And this is it. Honestly, this is really how you do it. You take your time introduce each character and say what you need to say this is like here you go this is this is this that is that and then eventually move on and that's kind of what thor does truth be told a lot of the mcu kind of has to do with thor like thor is actually one of the biggest parts of the marvel cinematic universe um mainly because of the Invol- of his involvement with the Infinity Stones. Um, but more on that uh, in a bit. But yeah, so definitely Thor was a great movie. I didn't realize it. I didn't see it in theaters. Thor was one of the uh, first MCU movies that I didn't see in theaters. And a friend of mine actually ended up buying it for me as a birthday gift, and that's how I watched it. And definitely blew me away. But if I saw it in theaters, probably... Would have been more so, but definitely an awesome movie. Next, we have the 90 year old virgin. I mean, Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, Chris Evans coming back to the Marvel scene. Originally, he was the Human Torch in the first and second installment of the Fantastic Four. And I guess Marvel liked him so much that they brought him back. Brought him back as Captain America completely different character i honestly hope that they do add the fantastic four to the mcu and i really hope that um before uh chris evans contract um ends i hope they meet i hope chris i hope uh captain america and the new human torch meet and that'll just be awesome for me i'd love that but yeah so the cgi in this movie was very interesting um, not super believable, but not terrible, I guess would be the right word. Um, just because it's, uh, Chris Evans head onto a skinny body. And I feel like Chris Evans has a like for his body. He has a normal shaped head, but I feel like if you put it on a skinny, skinny body, it's going to look like a match. 
like a really skinny match with a big head. Like, yeah. So Captain America started off as a kid who I think like if you if you look at him, they, they say that he's in his twenties. So Captain America, little kid in his twenties, and super skinny, has pretty much every medical problem you could think of back in the forties. And decides he wants to join the military. You know, it's good you want to serve your country, but really think about it before you do. Like, can you? Can you serve your country? Maybe you can do something else aside from fighting. But no, he wants to fight. He wants to fight. God bless his shriveled, skinny heart. So he goes into an experiment to get super steroids. And becomes Chris Evans, Captain America. Still the same person, though, so that's good. Fights the Red Skull, uh, played by Hugo Weaving. Very, I think Hugo Weaving is a great villain. I think if you put him in any role where he's the bad guy, it's a great role for him. He just has that stance, that voice, the way he just talks down to people. I love it. Um, this is another movie where we kind of expand the mystical thought process of the MCU and it's the first um, introduction of the Tesseract which we know now hides the space stone that Thanos will eventually use Um, I think out of all of the Infinity Stones the Tesseract is the main one that we see throughout most of the Marvel movies it also made made a big appearance in the uh Captain Marvel too, so yeah, it's it's everywhere. The Tesseract is everywhere. Um, so Captain America does a bunch of stuff, tries to defeat the Nazis, but really he's just trying to defeat the Red Skull, Hugo Weaving. And in doing so, he does defeat him for the most part, and he ends up freezing in time. So he gets frozen, and then is thought out about 70 years later. I looked this up online. They said that he was frozen for about 70 years. So by the time the Avengers comes out, he is at least 90 years old. Because if you think about it, in the 40s, he was 20, or in his 20s. So frozen for 70 years. If you do the math, ladies and gentlemen, it works. It's definitely somewhere in his 90s. And he has to save the world yet again. And last but certainly not least, Marvel's The Avengers. The very first film that encompassed four different movies into one big extended universe. So they talk a lot about how this movie just makes their universe bigger, which it does. It does. But the sheer fact that each movie is somehow connected already makes their universe bigger. The more movies you make that connect to each other make that universe bigger. But yes, this was an amazing feat. This movie was awesome. They definitely didn't just like concentrate on one character. They definitely took the time to kind of give everyone their own little story. Um, as well and it made it 
very entertaining extremely extremely good it was a really good movie amazing um yes yes it was just fantastic there is so much uh behind the scenes fun facts that this movie has it is insane like um robert downey jr actually hid food around the set and there was a rule that said there's no food allowed on set but he did that he would hide food in little strategic places so when they're on the helicarrier and and um tony stark offers steve rogers a blueberry that's actually robert downey jr offering chris evans a blueberry from his own private stash somewhere on set which is just hilarious and definitely an rdj thing um as most people know uh the shawarma scene at the end at the after credit scene where they're all eating shawarmas uh if you notice uh chris evans is actually the only one who's not eating everyone else you know you can see them kind of chewing but you don't see chris evans chewing at all you actually just see him with his um fist next to his face like he's just kind of resting but turns out he had a fake jaw um he was making a movie called snow piercer where he had a beard and so he, he refused to shave it and because of that they ended up just kind of putting prosthetics on him and it was basically a fake jaw so it just didn't look real so he just kind of hid his face throughout that what minute long scene maybe two minute long scene yeah once again dceu i'm talking to you man this is how you hide beards and mustaches not with cgi that's just terrible but speaking of cgi um this movie introduced mark ruffalo as bruce banner uh the first time we got a new hulk different looking hulk um i was told that the reason why this hulk looks so different from the hulk we had originally seen um is because disney owns it and disney or or um edward norton's hulk was too vicious looking and so they kind of like dialed him down a little bit you know still still angry but not as aggressive looking um but also uh this was the first time that uh the hulk was actually created by motion capture so instead of cgi they put mark ruffalo into a motion capture suit and they did it like that that's why um, this Hulk looks so much like Mark Ruffalo, which I think is a good change because you're basically growing from Bruce Banner into the Hulk. You're still within that body. That body is still yours. It's just bigger and giant now. Like there's so much, there's so many different things with this, with this world that Marvel has created, that Marvel and Disney have created it's just crazy. So in this movie, uh, we touch more on the Tesseract. We learned that it is a portal into space. And that's just awesome. Um, Loki, once again, comes back as the villain. Another fun fact is that Loki was actually the original first villain 
that the Avengers actually faced up against in the comic book for the Avengers. So that was a really good nod right there. Um, the Avengers saved the world. Um, in all honesty, if you think about it, just because um, Robert Downey Jr. is such such a he, he people gravitate to him you know like he seems to have like a really great personality that people like to be around and all that stuff and he brings that to tony stark as well so tony stark is still even though even though iron man 2 wasn't as popular as the first iron man you know tony stark is still the most popular character i think in my opinion he's one of the most popular characters um and he definitely shows that, you know, and then in, and the director, Joss Whedon, he definitely knew that as well. Because um, in the end, Iron Man does kind of save the day for the for the main threat or the most part, I should say, maybe not the main threat. So everything, everything works out in the end. Everyone's happy. The world is protected. And they have yet again another after credit scene or end credit scene where we meet the mad Titan Thanos for the first time played by whoever he was played by. Nobody knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are introduced again to, or we're introduced to Thanos and we eventually learn of the bigger threat that he will become eventually. But yes, this was definitely an amazing film and a great feat. And they just continued from there. From then on, they just continued to make awesome movies. A few other fun facts about these movies. Um, in the Avengers, when Tony is first first goes on the bridge in the helicarrier, he um, points at one of the guys and says that that guy is playing Galaga, which is an old school of uh, arcade game. And there was nobody there playing Galaga. They, they added that scene because in the next scene, after he leaves, you see this guy goes back to his computer and continues to play Galaga. But originally there was no one there. And Robert Downey Jr. Had just ad libbed that. So they added that into the film. Uh, just like the, uh, the shawarma restaurant that wasn't added on until after the movie had already premiered. Um, in the incredible Hulk, um, there's a scene where Edward Norton's Bruce Banner gives uh, pizza, like to one of these uh, lab students just so that he can get access to the computers. And turns out the lab student is the same guy who plays Peter Parker's teacher in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. So I think the two could definitely um, be related. Maybe he was in school at the time, and then now he's a teacher. So definitely something pretty cool, pretty awesome there. Um, also, Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, who played the Hulk in the uh, TV show back in the day. He, does, he makes another appearance in this movie as well as a buff security guard and also voices the Hulk. So even after all these years, he's still doing stuff for the Hulk. And that's, that's actually pretty awesome if you ask me. Um, originally, though, I wonder if, we, if uh, 
Lou Ferrigno would have played the Hulk if he had won the strongman competition back in, I think, 71. In 1971, it was between him and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Arnold won. So I'm guessing that if Arnold had lost, if Lou Ferrigno had won, maybe Arnold would have been the Hulk. Who knows? But yeah, definitely a whole lot of interesting stuff here. And with that, that's it for Phase 1. A lot of movies, a lot of new stuff going on. Um, a lot to, lot to digest there. But definitely a great start. Um, I actually bought the box set for Phase 1. And it is awesome. Okay. Like, not only does it come with the DVDs, um, it also comes with a bonus disc um, that kind of treats you like an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, it comes with uh, case files from each character. So, um, Tony Stark... Uh, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, uh, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. And it comes with a little special folder, again, treating you like you're an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it also comes with a little Tesseract. So you have like a little, your own little personal Tesseract. And um, it all comes in this little uh, briefcase that looks like a S.H.I.E.L.D. briefcase. And it's really, really awesome. Like if you're, if you're a movie nerd like me, you're definitely gonna, gonna like this gonna like this box set unfortunately i don't have the second one because i didn't realize they were gonna make a second box set and i ended up buying all the movies already so maybe i might buy it in the future but as of right now i don't have it but i am um saving up to buy the third one i haven't bought any of the movies from the from phase three yet so eventually when Captain Marvel is on DVD, and when Avengers Endgame is on DVD, then they'll make the box set, and then that's when I'll go and buy it. And I'm excited to see what that one is. Uh, personally, as of right now, they have three phases. And personally, I think I think they're going to make three more. I think altogether there's going to be six. And the reason why I think that is because there are six Infinity Stones. And so far, each box set has been um, linked to an infinity stone like for phase one it's like i said it's a little tesseract and in phase two the box set is from guardians of the galaxy where they have the orb and they have the power stone in the orb so i think that's kind of the route they're going in so i'm kind of interested to see um what the next box set is going to look like that's going to be pretty awesome so with that said, thank you guys so much for listening yet again. Um, I do have a few announcements to make. Uh, mainly the Facebook and Instagram pages are up and running. So if you guys want to um, go ahead, take a look at that, check it out. There's some pictures on there right now. I will be posting, I will be trying to post on there on a regular basis. So please go ahead and check that out. Um, I want to talk about movies or hashtag i want to talk about movies you guys will find it um but yeah thank you so much for listening when i went under the world was war i woke up they said we won they didn't say what we lost have a good one movie lovers <laughs>